Blog Talk Radio. <clears throat> Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 279. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk football. I know I always say this, but what else are we going to do? We're a football podcast, uh, CFL football, no less. Hey, I got a quick question for anybody out there in Radioland. I can't ask the, my cohorts that uh, come and talk to me all the time, but on, on my co-hosts, on this show because I'm pretty sure they don't know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to this. Hey, I bought a three phase lathe. I got to run it on for single phase. Has anybody out there got any experience with a five horse, three phase motor? Do I swap it out for what capacity do I have to buy a single phase motor to 7.5 horsepower or something like that? Or do phase converters work or a frequency rotator? I don't know. Come on. You guys send me a private message. Tell me what's going on. I'm, I'm completely incompetent at this thing and ignorant. Um, want to learn. So anybody out there that's an electrician that works in the three-phase, single-phase type of environment, let me know. Oh, my God, is that a rant? That has nothing to do with football. That was very, 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 very personal about me. I can't believe that I did that. That was self-promotion, uh, all sorts of things. Can't call it a conflict of interest because I'm not conflicting with anything. Okay, let's talk some football. What happened? Okay, this was the Labor Day rematch games. Oh, my God, did anybody pick the games correctly? Well, some of us did. Uh, yeah, they were uh, pretty hot games. Uh, we BC won, beat Ottawa. Well, that's no surprise. I kind of expected that. But then some people didn't. They thought Ottawa was a good team. Did they Have they been following Trevor Harris? I don't think so. Hamilton, Toronto, well, that wasn't really a surprise for anybody because, like, Hamilton's pretty much a powerhouse in the CFL right now. I hate to use that word with an Eastern team. But uh, on any given day, who's going to beat Hamilton? I don't know. Uh, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan sweeps Winnipeg in the Labor Day and a Labor Day rematch. Oh my God. Who saw that coming? Me. Um, but that's not the point. Cause I didn't pick Saskatchewan. Why? Cause I hate them. So you can't do that. Uh, but you know what? Hey, and then Edmonton upsets Calgary. No, they didn't upset them cause they were at home. They were suspected to, they, who didn't pick Edmonton to beat Calgary? Oh, was it just me? Oh, yeah, I'm the only one that picked Edmonton to beat Calgary. Okay, so let's carry on and talk some football. But great. Hey, we're now. All right, well, I just noticed that my uh, microphone just went unmuted, and CJ seemed to disappear. So I'm not sure. Uh, CJ, are you still on the line there? All right, so at the moment, uh, is anybody on the line here with me? Yeah, I'm here. I'm okay, here. Mark's here and Rich and Will is here, and apparently CJ is not because all of a sudden he disappeared. He was in the middle of saying something, and all of a sudden it was gone. Yahoo! He's probably still talking. Yeah, maybe he doesn't <laughs> notice. Uh, he thinks we're gone. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, so I'm. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm uh, I don't know what happened. He's asking what happened. I don't know what happened. He's all of a sudden disappeared. So um anyways, um well, I'll take over for the next moment here. I'm sure CJ will rejoin us here momentarily, but uh for some reason he decided to drop off. So, uh we're going on, so we'll just say hello to everybody. How are you tonight? Uh we'll go to Will first. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm good. I'm absolutely exhausted, but I'm good. You're exhausted. I had a long, I've had a long, long weekend. Um, let's see. Saturday, I spent four hours, five hours moving 17,000 pounds of slate 12 by 12 tile from someone's backyard onto a truck. Okay. And, and today we... Yes, sir, all by hand. Oh boy. And and today we we sawed it in and soiled eleven hundred square feet of uh sod for in his yard. So that's what I've done all weekend. See what you do for your kids, it's amazing. Yeah. Okay, that would tire anybody out. In fact I kinda got tired listening to that. So <laughs> anyways. Uh, Mark's also here. Hello, Mark. Um, we were just kind of going here. Uh, so you were at the Banjo Bowl. How was your weekend? Probably not um, as good as uh, seeing as your team lost. You know what? Yeah, the team lost. But like I said earlier, I've never seen a more screwed up game than that one. But my weekend was almost as exhausting as Will's. Just from I, uh, yesterday, I had... Dragon Boat races starting at 6 in the morning. Did that until 11 o'clock. Got home. Showered, shaved, ran over to the uh, tailgate. Partied there for a couple hours. Finally got to meet Tony Dagenet. And Ryan Smith is another member of Let's Talk CFL. And You know, we've gone back and forth with those guys a lot the last few years. Uh, it was really cool to actually meet them in person. Our tailgate we ended up having probably 60 or 70 people there, and I would say 40 of them, maybe even 50, were Ryder fans, and we had so much fun with them. Um, so, you know, it, it does take away the sting of watching Saskatchewan's new starting quarterback in Matt Nichols, but, uh, no, it, it was a ton of fun. So, exhausting, but fun. That's good. Good. I'm looking forward to meeting up with a bunch of people at Grey Cup uh, coming up here. Um, I'm thinking a lot of people that we chat with online. Uh, we meet up. Uh, we can meet up with with Grey Cup, hoping that uh, a lot of the people are going to be making the trip into Edmonton like I am. So that's part of the thing I'm looking forward to the most there. Well, definitely yep. hook up with Tony because he was telling us yesterday that he is working on a new makeup scheme that he does. Have you seen the makeup stuff he does? Uh, yes, I have. You know, where he does the Gene Simmons and all that. and He's working on a new one right now that he's going to unveil at Grey Cup. Okay. Um, right. Apparently it takes about six or seven hours to do the makeup work. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it, it was fun. So. Yep. All righty. Well, we're still trying to get back in touch with CJ here. 
Um, Blog Talk is doing its normal uh, fun um, activities here. Blog Talk uh, is a pain in the ass sometimes, but, hey, you know, what are you going to do? There's not a whole lot you can do with it, so we'll try and get CJ back on the line. Uh, meanwhile, we got um, we had uh, some fun fun weekend of football. I mean, first of all, it was a Friday night game, and I even found the Friday night game, well, okay, to say I found the Friday night game a little bit uh, entertaining was, um, a little bit of a stretch because there were some really, really slow parts in that game. Although it was, I thought, a very good defensive battle. So, uh, you know, and my team won, so I enjoyed it. But the Saturday, the three games on Saturday were absolutely phenomenal. It's one of the best um, all-day like CFL uh, days I can even ever remember. Uh, it was nine hours straight of CFL football. They had one at uh, 10 o'clock, one at 1 o'clock, and one at 4 o'clock. Or if you're in the east, uh, there was one at 1 o'clock, one at 4 o'clock, one at 7 o'clock. And if you're in Halifax time, no, never mind. Um, but it was just a great day uh, watching. If you were had a chance, I didn't see all of all the games, but I saw good portions of all of them. And it was really entertaining, I thought. So um, I hope uh, a lot of people got to see it, uh, whether it uh, right from the beginning or not. So anyways, what we will do now is uh, CJ is still trying to connect to us, so we will um, move forward and start with our game reviews and get onto the agenda, and I'm sure CJ will be along shortly. So let's press this button and see what Blog Talk decides to do. Call 516-418-5408 to speak with the host. Or hit up on social media through the Facebook group or on Twitter at Let's Talk CFL. All right. So let's go here. Let's Talk CFL. All right, game one happened here in Vancouver Friday night. It was the BC Lions and the Ottawa Red Blacks, two teams that really, going into this game, both of these teams really needed this game uh, because, quite frankly, these two teams have struggled lately. Uh, Even though Ottawa was technically up, uh, I believe, in first place in the East when the game started, uh, I think that the... um, Lions, uh, or excuse me, the Red Blacks are a team that's going in the wrong direction while many of the other teams in the East are going in the right direction. And the Lions, well, they're falling, uh, they were falling out of the playoffs. They found themselves in the basement in the West. Uh, so they had to get this win to kind of keep pace. And, well, they got the win. Uh, the Lions pull out the win 26-14. Uh, to 14. Uh, another home win. They've been very good at home. Only one loss, that that one loss to Saskatchewan, and uh, most people thought they should have won that game too. But uh, they're now 3-1 and one at home on the season. They've beaten Ottawa now, 26-14. Very strong defensive battle by both teams, I thought. Uh, but I thought the Lions' defense in particular was fantastic, especially in the second half. But uh, 26-14, let's go out there to uh, Manitoba. Will, uh, or excuse me, Mark. Oh, boy. 
Um, what were what do you think of this one? Uh, Lions pulling this one out. Uh, well, as you know, I did um, pick DC to beat Ottawa. I didn't see a lot of the game. Um, I caught some of it and saw the highlights and just been reading about it. You're definitely right that it was a defensive battle. And Trevor Harris did what Trevor Harris does. You know, you look at his stats and you go, well, he wasn't horrible. He was almost 60% in his passing, 216 yards, one touchdown, but then he had the two interceptions. And you look at the scoreboard and you go, one, seven, zero, one, seven, six. So, yeah, he's getting all those yards between the 30s again. If that, mm-hmm. and that's just how Ottawa plays, unless they get those big plays, which BC shut down. Yeah. Um, then of course there was the. I know we're going to be talking about it, but there was the hit on Lule, which really kind of seemed to fire up BC a bit. Uh, especially <laughs> Jennings came in and did well. You know, it was ten of twelve, so. Uh, for him, that's a, a really good victory and a nice rebound. He threw a touchdown pass, no interceptions, which is something really good for his psyche and everything. Have they said what the um, prognosis is on Lule going forward? I have is not he heard he... anything official, but I did hear an interview with him uh, yesterday morning saying he seems he thinks he's okay. Um, um, he looked okay on the sidelines. Again, I've seen nothing official from the Lions, but from what I've seen, it looks like he'll be fine. Uh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, especially good for BC, which I guess doesn't help my team a lot. But Probably not, no. Yeah. You know, but BC really, they had the ball a lot. You know, when you consider they had the ball 32 minutes to Ottawa's 27. Um, their running game... Like, I was surprised without Rainey in there at all. You know, unlike what CJ had said last week, he was benched. And they did seem to play better. They did? You know, maybe it's it lit a fire under them benching them. But mm-hmm. I thought their defense was monster. You know, their offense is what their offense has been this year. It's been okay and done enough most times to get the win. But... If the defense keeps playing like that, then going forward, BC, like Winnipeg's going to have to be extremely scared now with BC's only two points behind and for the crossover with two games in hand. Yeah. So next week, next week is the big one with Winnipeg on the bye. But I was really impressed with how the defense played, and again with out Solomon Elamimian. Yeah. Uh, do they need him back? There's some interesting questions going forward in BC. Um, but no, you know, like I said, I didn't see a lot of the games, so that's about it. Will, what did you think about this one? Oh, this was a really hard game to watch. <laughs> I don't know why it was a hard game to watch, but it was a really hard game to watch. Um, it was Ottawa, sloppy at times. It it was it was. It was back and forth and up and down and all over the place. I mean, Ottawa had Trevor Harris in, then they pulled him out, and then I think Dominique Davis threw an interception, so then they put Trevor Harris back in. Travis Lule got hurt, which is a vicious hit to the face. 
Um, and uh, they put Jonathan Jennings in, and he played okay. And back and forth and back and forth. I was uh, I was exhausted watching this game after three quarters, and I went to bed. Okay, because it was just really hard to handle. Um, but hey, BC, I've said all year long, and I didn't pick BC this week because uh, I don't know why. Because I just didn't. I thought maybe Ottawa would play well, but they did not. Um, but you know what, BC has not been as bad as we thought BC was going to be, or sorry, BC is not as bad as most people think they are. And, uh, they could, that's why I love the CFL. They could, they could make the playoffs. They really could make the playoffs and that will be interesting. So making the playoffs shouldn't be hard. Well, it's been a problem for them recently, but just last they year. Make the playoffs. Look, yeah. Hey, they're only three games out of second place. Yep. Yep. And as those Winnipeg losses mount, look mm-hmm. out, baby. Look out, baby. Hey, by the way, I'm I'm back online, guys. Yep. Yeah, How we hear it? that. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, Okay. You seem to be choppy. I am fine. Is this this better now? That's better. Okay. Well, I took off the hands-free speaker, and I'm talking like I'm not supposed to be driving. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. But uh, that was all I really had to say about that game. Go ahead, Charles. All right. Well, it was a it was not a super exciting game at a lot of times. Like I said, there was some sloppy play, but really in that second half, the Lions defense that might have been the best they've been all year. And they've had some, they've had some pretty good moments, but really in the um second half, they were absolutely dominant. They were all over the field. I mean, they had five sacks, which I believe is a season high for them. They had three interceptions and probably should have had two or three more because there were a few that the defensive backs dropped that were right in their hands. So they could have had five or six uh, interceptions. They ended up with three, which I still think was a team high this season. Um, so I really wanted to um, – it was really uh, – enjoyed the Lions – of course, we were all uh, a little bit holding our breath when Travis Lule went down with his injury. But Jonathan Jennings came in, and he wasn't spectacular. I'm not trying to say he was spectacular, but he didn't hurt us, and he got the job done that he needed to get done. He didn't throw any interceptions. I don't think he really hit any long passes, but he kept control. He led a couple of touchdown drives and brought the win home. He didn't look like the fragile Jonathan Jennings we had seen earlier this season that was throwing interceptions and stuff like that. He did what he needed to do. Uh, I know we've used the term game manager. I know especially um, referring to Matt Nichols and stuff like that. Well, in reality in that game, that's what Jonathan Jennings became. He was a game manager, and he did it very well. He did it very effectively. He didn't try 
the big 40-yard, 50-yard downfield passes into double coverage. He was doing, you know, 10 to 12, 8 to 10 to 12-yard passes, get, getting what the defense was giving him, and that's what he needed to do in this one. And that's why they brought it home, and then the stellar play by the defense was just outstanding. And, uh, yeah, the Lions, I think, were full value. This was one of their better all-around games of the season, I thought. Okay, Charles. Yes. You said Jonathan Jennings wasn't outstanding. He was 10 for 12 at 83% completion rate. Oh, I know that. I'm not, I'm not, uh, he, that was very good. Of course, they were all shorter passes. Now, yeah, that's not easy. They're still going to complete average. Pardon me? 6.8 yards. yards. So, well, I mean, the the, um, the yardage isn't great, but the, uh, the certainly his um, percentage was outstanding. And he didn't turn it over. He didn't. Inter- mm-hmm. He wasn't intercepted. Exactly. That's the big thing, because if he throws an interception, that could uh, completely um, uh, shatter his confidence. Uh, just that one interception, but he did it. He got through the entire game without throwing an interception. So. That was important as well. Yeah. Okay, so who's running this, yep. Charles? I don't know who's gone, who's what. So you oh, yeah, the basically PC. it's just up to you. We've all gone on this one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was uh, I wasn't overly impressed with the BC Lions uh, play, but you know what? They they got the job done. Ottawa is extremely highly overrated for who they are. Trevor Harris is, oh my God, is he really a, in this, I don't know, never mind. I'm not going to pick on him too bad. But uh, Trevor Harris just looked like a deer in the headlights. A lot of different op- opportunities in this uh, game were lost to him because of that. And then, you know, they brought in Dom Davis. So obviously um, everybody thought that <laughs> Trevor Harris was not doing what he needed to do. And then Dom Barrett, uh Dom Davis came in and he threw an interception right away and then oh my god, but would it get much better? No. Okay. I don't know. It was a good game. BC did not dominate time of possession. Ottawa did by far. Uh six minutes more. Um, but you know what? And they Ottawa had more yards. BC just had a stellar defense. They just did what they needed to do. But, you know, in, in the turnovers you're talking about, where BC intercepted them three times, BC fumbled it three times. Yes. And turned true. it over on downs. Okay? So interceptions were a wash at four each. That's not, you know, that's sloppy football. This was not a prize game by any stretch of the means. But as no, 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 it was no masterpiece. would say, a W is a W is a W. Exactly. And BC got the W, and they are now, get this, four wins on the season, and so close to second place. That is sad. The cool thing about BC is they've got two games in hand. They've only played ten games. They've finished all of their buys. And, you know, if a, a, a win and a tie or a win and a loss in the next two We've actually passed Winnipeg for the crossover position and heading on towards Edmonton and Saskatchewan for an actual playoff position. So, you know, hey, we're playing Montreal next week. Is that our win? Hard to say. I'll let it go. 
Um, okay, final score was 26-14 for the BC Lions over the Ottawa Red Blacks. Everybody picked BC to win except for Will, so you kind of eliminated that right away there, Will. Um, close game, everybody picked it really close. Charles was 29-25, Mark was 26-17, Chris was 26-21, and CJ had a 28-21. I think I was the furthest away at nine points. Um, Mark wins this one being a spread of three. Pick BC's 26 bang on and 17 for Ottawa. You're three over. So, Mark, you get a star, buddy. I'll take it. I'm sure you will. But I'll take it. Oh, not as much as Winnipeg because I think they fucking (laughs) lost two in a row. Actually, they've lost four in a row, haven't they? Yep. They're not doing so good right now, so you better just kind of <laughs> be real careful with this piece of suck shit. You know what, dude? <laughs> Your team is sucking more. Sorry, CJ, yeah, but just, the Lions, uh, the Bombers could go 0-18 and, and the Lions could go 18-0, and 0, and I'm still going to tell you that BC sucks. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, well, you, you can do anything you want. you still be wrong. <laughs> You're welcome to anything you want, but hey, Come on, let's go. Um, okay, so what's going on? We had another game. Hamilton and Toronto. Nobody was surprised by this one. Charles, you did pick Toronto. I don't know why, but anyhow, I'll let that slide. Um, Hamilton, like I said, they could beat just about any game on any team in the CFL on any given day. So I don't know. How much of my rant did I actually get to, did you guys get to hear before I disappeared? Not a whole lot. No, did I actually start talking about football? Was I still talking about electrical things? No, you got past the electrical stuff. But okay, so then somebody out there might actually help me with my motor issues. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, Hamilton, Toronto. In Toronto was a rematch. Hamilton swept this series, so uh, a big win for them. Uh, Will, go ahead, man. Okay, I'm going to be real quick on this. I did not watch this game, so I can't comment it at all. What? I meant to watch it. I, I was busy. I meant to watch it this after or tonight, but I decided to take a nap instead. How does that sound? And uh, well, so I can't tell you anything. A nap so sounds on pretty to the good. Next person. It, it was, and I could have stayed there, to be honest with you, but I got up just for the podcast. Well, thank you. Anyways, go ahead. Anybody? Mark, go ahead. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was at the tailgate eating pizza. I, oh, my good Lord. Did nobody watch this game? <laughs> I saw some of it. Go ahead, Charles. Okay. I sort yeah, of go ahead, that. Charles, because it sounds like this. this is you, man. Okay, well, uh, just... Um, to be honest, it wasn't a bad game. It was actually a, a pretty uh, decent football game. Um, and it was really kind of back and forth in the first half. Um, I thought that – the reason I picked Toronto was I just thought that uh, Toronto was going to um, – Tressman was going to have that team ready to play. And, uh, you know, they had lost the first part of the uh, the home-and-home home in Hamilton the week before. And I always think that when you're in a home-and-home and and it's back-to-back weeks, I always find it very difficult uh, to sweep both of them. And actually, two teams did it this week. But in general, I think it's it's 
normally difficult. And it was a close game. It was only a two-point game at halftime, so it was very, I think, evenly played in the first half. Um, but um, really when it got down to the second half, um, the Argos just didn't show up the way the Ticats said. They got outscored 21-12 to in the second half. And their defense just uh, broke a little bit too much, and Toronto just couldn't um, couldn't match it. Uh, the Tie Cats were um, came out of the locker room looking like they were um, ready to um, take this game over, and uh, they came out very intense. And it just uh, it, it wasn't there for Toronto for whatever reason. Uh, they finally got Deron Carter into the game, did not have a catch. So that's um, not exactly um, what you want when they sign that guy. He was there to, um, um, you know, he was there to um, add to their offense and give them some um, some more offensive punch. But if he doesn't have a catch, it's not going to do much for you. Uh, James Wilder was okay, but he wasn't spectacular. And overall, Jeremiah Mazzoli... And in particular, his two receivers, Brandon Banks and Luke Tasker, were outstanding in this game. In particular, Brandon Banks, who we had always thought of as a, um, you know, he was a uh, specialist, a, a defense, a special teams guy. Uh, he was the guy that was the kick returner. No one ever really thought of him as a receiver, but he is really turning out now to be really a top-flight receiver in the CFL. Um, he had um, 153 yards on six catches and two touchdowns. A couple of the catches he had were phenomenal in this game. So he really uh, is coming into his own as a receiver, which I never saw coming. I really didn't. But um, they actually flashed a stat, and from last September to this September – Brandon Banks has the most receiving yards in the CFL. It's something like over 1,800 in that span, which is phenomenal production there. And he seems to have a good rhythm on with Jeremiah Mazzoli. So um, a very uh, good game uh, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats to pull this one out. And um, back to the drawing board, Toronto. They better figure something out fast because they are really sinking like a rock now. They're there. There's one team in each division that is spiraling out of control, or almost. So we'll see it's how that's not Montreal. Uh, it's not Montreal, not not by a long shot. And that's all. That's about it for me. Okay. Yeah. Um. I I got to watch part of this game. It was actually quite good. And in the fact and. Hamilton's really starting to impress me, and the most outstanding player on the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and I, I can't stand the guy, but he's really impressing the shit out of me, and it's Brandon Banks. Yeah, the man is actually become a receiver, and and a damn good one at that. So kudos to him, and kudos to June Jones for for seeing this talent and, and moving him out of the returner position into the uh, receiver. I I really think that this is where um, Chris Rainey would excel with the BC Lions as opposed to a running back, put him in as a receiver. But you know, and I said that last week. But uh, yeah, good good game, good good outing by Hamilton, and they just absolutely showed Toronto the door. And uh, 
That was it. Final score was 36-25. Mark, did you go? Yeah, you did. You said you didn't get to watch the game. Will didn't either. Okay. Final score was 36-25. Uh, Charles, you picked Toronto. You're out of there. Uh, yep. Will, you're close with eight points. Really close. Um, yeah, but you know who was real close? Chris. Three points. Three so, points. Chris, Chris wins this one. Okay. This is the game that everybody was waiting for. Saskatchewan Rough Riders heading to Winnipeg for the Banjo Bowl. And it looks like them banjo picking inbreds won this one, eh? Gee, ah, swept the bombers. And 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 did it in 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 what I would consider a decisive manner. Yeah, there was only five points spread, but to, to me, the game wasn't really that close. It was the scores a lot closer, or would I say the scores flattering the Bombers a little bit on this one? I don't know. That's just my kind of personal opinion. Um, what do you guys think? Will? Well, uh, I, uh, as I said the other day, if uh, Matt Nichols didn't win this game, they have to replace him with Strebler. And Matt Nichols made some boneheaded moves in this game. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him, I guess. And I've never thought he was a great quarterback, but I thought he was okay, but he hasn't even been okay lately. And uh, I I don't know during that game, and I don't know if he was hurt or he was hurt more than we thought. I don't know why he didn't use Andrew Harris more. Um, I know they used Dembski quite a bit, but they didn't use Andrew Harris that much. Um, that was your bread and butter last week, guys. And uh, if it worked once, then you should concentrate on Marcus more because Saskatchewan was still coming on hard. Um, and let's just talk about the fashion police sense in Willie. Um, we all know what I'm like. What is with Chris Strebler in those pants? How come he had them hiked up to his uh, navel, okay? He looked like a 75-year-old man out there on the field, okay? To me, it's all about the look, guys. And he wasn't that impressive either. He was okay, but I think you got to give him a shot next week because the Bombers are going backwards real fast, and if they don't watch it, well, I, I think if something doesn't happen here, they're... Not going anywhere this year. But, I mean, overall, it was a decent game. Um, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is not as good as people think they are. All you Saskatchewan fans out there, you're not that good. Trust me. Um, Zach Kolaris got uh, knocked out of the game. I guess con- concussion protocol again. And now you got Air Canada again. You're going backwards, Saskatchewan. Trust me. Anyways, now that I've made those comments about Saskatchewan, I'm just going to say that's all I got to say. So go ahead, Christopher. I'm think, trying to think about what something you just said because I, I wanted to to talk about it, but you know what? I'm just going to leave it be. But, Charles, go ahead. No, man. go ahead. No, because I don't no, remember no, what I, you said. I'm getting it's a oh. senior moment for me, or I forgot oh, what I wanted okay. to say. <laughs> Uh, the first half of that Saskatchewan-Winnipeg game 
might have been one of the most bizarre first halves I have ever seen. I can't remember the last time, if it's happened, it may probably has at some point, but hell, I can't remember it, when there were three pick sixes in one half. I mean, three in a game is weird to see. This happened in one half. And three in a game is unheard of. Yeah, three in a game is one unheard of. And um, But they did it all in one half. And I'm sorry, did Matt Nichols go colorblind? Uh, because he um, liked to throw the ball to the Winnipeg Blue or to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for most of the game. How about this for a weird stat? And this tells you a lot, because they, they each played a half. Matt Nichols, in the first half, 10 of 20 for 165 <laughs> yards and three interceptions. Chris Strebler, in the second half, 10 of, 10 of 20 for 160 yards, one touchdown and one interception. They were identical in passing percentage. So, well, there's a lot to uh, a lot of um, um, blame going on to Matt Nichols, and rightfully so. Chris Trevler did not really fare any better. But to be honest, I still think the Bombers should be starting him next week because, or not next week, I guess they're on the bye, but the week after, because quite frankly, uh, the people in Winnipeg are fed up. It doesn't look like the Bombers have a whole lot of the the other players have a whole lot of confidence in him, and it just seems to me that I think that they would be more confident starting with Strebler starting next week. Um, the Bombers just couldn't get anything going. I mean, Andrew Harris, he is their um, supposed to be the their one of their big weapons on offense. 10 carries for 21 yards and one catch for 13 yards. Now, I'm not sure how healthy Andrew Harris is because I know he got banged up and, and got um, you know taken out of the game the week before with an injury. I don't know if he's 100%. I'm going to guess that he's probably not 100% because those are not Andrew Harris numbers. Um, it just And you know what? In the first quarter... You could make a very strong case, and for most of the first half, you could make a very strong case that the Bombers were the better team, were the clear better team. The problem is their quarterback just kept throwing it to the wrong team, and they were taking those interceptions and going back to the end zone with it. So the Saskatchewan had 20 points in the first half. 14 of those were directly off of Matt Nichols' touchdowns. Again, we've talked about the Rough Riders offense uh, previously. The Rough Riders offense did not have a touchdown again. And this time I'm, I'm sure of it because we made a mistake. They actually did it one the game before. No rushing touchdowns, no passing touchdowns. The, the play of the Riders defense, and the Riders defense has been, was very good, I thought, in this game. But it is actually masking the issues that the Rough Riders are having on offense. Because the Rough Riders offense is not getting a lot done right now. They're winning games almost solely from their defense. And uh, they've got a bigger issue now because Zach Caleros took a hit. Now we're going to talk about that later. I don't want to go into it. But um, if they're going to have to go forward, maybe with Brandon Bridge, 
as their starter, or the other guy, uh, Wat or Corey Watford, I think is his name. They, the 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 Bombers fans should be nervous because eventually that defense is going to tire. That offense has to start putting points up. And it's good and big for the Riders to get that win, but their offense has to start contributing more than they are right now. That's it for, for sure. For, for sure. For sure. You know, I. Everybody thinks that Chris Trevler is going to come out there and light things up for Winnipeg. He's not. He's not that much better if he is a better quarterback. He's just something different. Now, does the difference give you hope? I don't know. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it makes all the difference in the world with a team. But, you know, when Andrew Harris is getting 2.1 yards per carry, one or two things. I don't think he's hurt. I don't think that's the problem. I think the other team is just figuring out what's going on, and they're they're keen on Andrew Harris and shutting him down because, quite frankly, Winnipeg doesn't have any other weapons. So when you shut down Andrew Harris, the whole team seems to go constipated. I don't. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Mark, what's your thoughts on this game, buddy? You were there. How was your tailgating? Did you sell your hot sauce? Yeah, I got rid of 17 bottles of hot sauce at the tailgate, actually. Um, There you go. So the tailgate was, you know, it was a ton of fun. And as frustrating as hell as that game was, the one thing I will say, Christopher, you saying that the game really flattered the Bombers, look at the scoreline. Saskatchewan had one good quarter, and it wasn't Oh, I, I know. I'm not saying that the game flattered the Riders either. That game came down to the... It was a terrible game. As horrible as Nichols was with all the interceptions and the pick sixes, nobody's focusing on put the two quarterbacks together for each team. Nobody is. So Winnipeg threw for 320 yards. Saskatchewan threw for 200 and as for Harris, they schemed him massively. He had nowhere to go. Every time it looked like there was a handoff, they were filling the, the linebackers, came right up to the line, and they filled the gaps. There was nowhere. This is Swaggerville 2.0 in Saskatchewan. This is Saskatchewan's defense dragging one of the worst offenses in the CFL, kicking and screaming towards a playoff spot. It's not going on Zach Kolaros, injured or not. He is not taking them to the Grey Cup or even the playoffs. If they have to rely on that offense, that offense is terrible. They have Namon Roosevelt, and they have this new kid, uh, what's his name? They've, just the last couple of games, he's really come out. Uh, where is he here? Williams Lambert Jordan. Who in the, He did nothing in the first half. In the second half, Saskatchewan made the adjustments. Richie Hall went for a cigarette or a beer or something at halftime and just left the defense alone because he was wide open on every single out throw. Every time they threw to the sidelines to him, there was nobody within five or six yards. 
And that's a scheming thing. That's not the players. That scheme. I thought Winnipeg's defense played a really good game. They shut Saskatchewan down. Like Charles said, they didn't get a single touchdown. Sorry for the Ryder fans that like to call us out. We're right this time. The game came down to Matt Nichols playing horribly. Some people have said he was actually okay, other than the five interceptions or whatever it was, but you can't do an other than. No. That's when you're cherry-picking. Well, that's when you're cherry-picking. That he did throw some nice balls, and I will give him on a couple of the interceptions, he threw it into double coverage. So some guys around me were saying, you can't throw it into double coverage. Mm-hmm. On two of the interceptions, he threw into double coverage. The receiver went up and didn't fight hard enough for the ball. His hands almost got there. You see Calgary doing that all the time. You see Mitchell throwing into double coverage all the time. You see Mike Riley throwing into double coverage all the time. Their receivers fight for the ball, and they come down with the ball almost all the time. You rarely see them not get the catch when they're fighting for the catch. It was... So I'm not in no way, shape, or form am I saying Nichols even played decent. He played horribly, and that's pretty obvious. But there was a part of me in that last drive when the Bombers had the ball with 35 seconds or whatever it was. It was like, do they dare? Do you put Strebler out when he's looked like a deer in the headlights the entire second half? And you, do you really want to put the ball in his hands to win? Or do you go to Nichols and say, at least he's got the experience? But it was just, like, Strebler pissed me off on that last drive. Instead of just eating the ball, falling down, saving some time, he throws the ball 30 yards into the stands after he's run around for about 10 seconds. If you're going to run around that much, run up straight up forward and slide. Save some time. Maybe that'll come with experience. But with all the problems Winnipeg had in that off- game in the offense, the defense played lights out, and the ball was in the Bombers' hand at the end to win the game. And, and they everybody's didn't calling Strebler a god. And he looked more like a devil. Than a god. He's far from that. Well, that's what they're calling him here. I'm not. As you guys well know, I am not calling him a great quarterback. There's some Bomber fans who think he's on his way to the NFL as soon as his his contract's up in two years. I don't know what game you're watching. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it, It frustrated the hell out of me because I'm watching that first half going, we're losing a bloody football game, and we should be up 24 to 7. It's the the one inter. I don't know if you called that an interception. The last one, that the underhanded pitch, handoff slash. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> it was some of the dumbest quarterbacking I've ever seen, and I've seen a lot of dumb quarterbacks in win Winnipeg. It was it, we were looking at the scoreboard at the half and the stats, and you're looking at it going. 
had the ball for six minutes longer than Saskatchewan in the first half. It was just, I couldn't figure it out. You're looking at the scoreboard going, how are we not winning? But it was, it happened, and we're in trouble. I'll be the first one to tell you. It's terrible. Yeah, and it was, like, I'm not putting it on Harris for his 2.1-yard average. That was the Saskatchewan defense. They are lights out. It is Swaggerville 2.0. We all hate that term, but that's what this is. That's a damn good defense carrying a ridiculously bad offense. And I know some Ryder fans aren't going to like me saying that. But it's true. It's hard to argue. score an offensive touchdown in an entire game, and the opposing quarterback gave up five interceptions and the backup gave up another one, and you don't get one offensive touchdown, your offense sucks. So, like... I was actually pissed off when Claros got injured because I wanted him to stay in the game because of how bad he was playing. He was going to be our best chance at winning the game. Like, Waffler dropped an easy pick six. Mm-hmm. He dropped one right over the middle, and there was nobody near him. He was in the end zone, and I think he saw that and forgot to take, catch the ball first. So, really, it came down to mistakes, and we made the most by far. Mm-hmm. It was a sloppy football game by both teams. Neither team really deserved to win that one. That should have been a tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Thankfully, we're on the bye. And O'Shea actually said he's not sure who's starting against Montreal. Uh, no. okay. I don't think you can start Nichols at home. I don't think that, so either. He won't, the, uh, the fans won't take it. Uh, they booed Nichols on a public, a recorded public service announcement. They booed him. That's wrong. You think, especially when it was about violence towards women? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's over the top. Oh, it, it's over the top and around the bend Ridiculous. and sideways. And it was horrible. But that's where it's at with him. He is public enemy number one. And the scary part for fans in the stadium is hockey starts in a month, less than a month. It could be a ghost town at IGF. They keep their free fall on, it will be. Oh, yeah. Four straight games. How do you lose four straight games? When you should have won the last two of them? Yeah, it's, two it's of all them the riders. And both games, if our quarterback plays how he did the last two years, which was careful football play, not making the mistakes, as we like to say, managing the game, and he just seems to have lost that. He's trying to do way too much, way too much. And that underhanded shovel pass thingy that he did at the end of the half just proved it. He's just trying to do too much. He eats that ball. He takes the sack or throws it into the stands, whatever, at the end of the half there. But if nothing else, we get a field goal, and we've got the lead, never mind losing at the half. Really, that play decided the game. 
the way our defense was playing, that play decided the game. And that's 100% on him and nobody else. That's it. Yeah. No, hey, uh, this, nobody deserved to win this game. No. No. They, they, they seriously didn't. In fact, I, I'm with Saskatchewan's defense the way that it is, I am absolutely shocked and amazed that Winnipeg scored 27 points. I'm even more shocked that Saskatchewan scored 32 without an offensive touchdown. And with a running back that had 117 yards rushing, too. How does this happen? They're that bad. Their defense is masking how bad that offense is. I know I'm going to get blasted, but they're terrible. I wanted Kalara. I was pissed off when Kalara got injured. I really was. I wanted them to stay in the game. Yeah, no, I understand that. Oh, and the other bizarre thing, that Ken Brown Tompkins got got injured in the first half. He got taken to the hospital. Did you see him on the sidelines in in the second half? No. They released him from hospital. He jumped in a cab and went back to the game and went back on the sidelines. In full uniform. What was he wearing? He was wearing his uniform. He had his uniform on. He was on the sidelines. He didn't they carried him out. They, no, no he, he wanted to go back in, and they said no. They carry the guy off in a stretcher because his head got driven into the ground, and another guy went on top of him, and he comes back in a cab. Straight from the hospital, still in his uniform. And then you have a quarterback who's throwing underhanded shovel passes to the the, the linebackers. Opposition. Yeah. Okay, let's move on from this train wreck because that game was a train wreck. Yes, it was. Saskatchewan thirty-two, Winnipeg twenty-seven was the final score. Uh, there was only one person that picked Saskatchewan to win, and that was Charles. That would be me. You won that one, buddy. I had no confidence that Winnipeg was going to turn it around. Uh, I think um, he's very fragile um, right now. Uh, As I said last week, he reminds me a lot of Zach Zach Caleros and Hamilton last year. Yeah. One mistake and his game completely falls apart. Yep. Wow. Yep. It was a terrible game. Charles, you, you you won this one, buddy. Yep. Only one to pick Saskatchewan. I knew Saskatchewan was going to win, but I just uh, I couldn't pick him. Just goes against the grain. Okay, last game. Battle of the they, the, they saved the best for last. Well, was it this the best? Week. I don't know. It was a, sure, it was a shootout. It was a Wild West shootout for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Calgary moving north over to Edmonton in Commonwealth Stadium to play the Eskimos. 
boom, bang, boom, 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 bang. 90 points scored in this game. 90. What a game. Okay. Charles, go ahead. Well, this one was really a fun one to watch. If you like offensive football, this was got everything you wanted. Uh, Edmonton pretty much led right from the start. But the funny thing is, while they would get up, Calgary always hung around. They Edmonton would go up. They'd go up sometimes by double digits. And then immediately, Calgary would come back and they would score. Uh, it was an aerial, um, an air show, really. I mean, you had one quarterback throw for 491 yards and one quarterback throw for 397 yards. So that's what? That's, oh, oh, that's over almost 900 yards worth of passing yardage in one game. That's phenomenal. And, uh, pardon me? 888 yards. 888, yeah. And you had uh, three uh, receivers go over um, 100 yards, one uh, Duke Williams on Edmonton, and you also had somebody named Reginald Belton, and Davarius Daniels also went over 100 yards. This was not the def- – we got the defensive battle in Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. This was not that. This was all offense. The defense has kind of uh, took it on the chin in this one. Um with uh, total offense, I think we were, uh, I'm pretty sure, 42-591. So we were almost at 1,000 yards worth of offense. So the defense has kind of got a little bit exposed, although there was some good defensive plays in this one. It wasn't all horrible for the defense, but it was a back-and-forth shootout. We haven't seen one like that. I don't know if we've seen one like that this year uh, with this type of scoring. And what an ending on that game. Literally, the Hail Mary, which was on the verge of actually completing. The the ball got knocked, fell out of the receiver's hands. He had it for a second. If he could have just squeezed it, it would have been uh, an amazing finish to this game. But even as it was, it was a really back-and-forth shootout by these two teams. Um what a bit of a weird stat line, though, I just noticed on Bully by Mitchell. 25 of 46, so that's not spectacular. It's only 54%. 491 yards, four touchdowns, but he also had three interceptions, which is extremely uncharacteristically, but they were able to overcome that. Uh, Mike Riley, 30 of 46. They didn't overcome that. They lost. Excuse me. They were not over the my mistake. They were not over to uh, or able to overcome that. You're right. So that kind of hurts. Obviously, uh, it's getting too late. I got to go to bed. Um, Mike Riley, a 68.2 completion, 397 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. So um, again, the quarterbacks dominated this one, where the defenses uh, in a couple other games this weekend kind of dominated. Um, like I said, big game for, for uh, Belton and Daniels in the receiving core of the um, Calgary Stampeders, but it was all for naught. Uh, Mike Riley, so not only did he have 397 yards, he also led the Eskimos in rushing with 43 yards rushing and three rushing touchdowns. So three touchdowns rushing and three touchdowns passing. 
phenomenal game by Mike Riley, and only the one pick, as opposed to Bully by Mitchell with three picks. So it was an entertaining game. It was an aerial bombardment both ways. Uh, both quarterbacks had their moments to shine, but in the end it was the Eskimos pulling that one out. Yeah. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, what do you got? Yeah, I only saw the second half of the game because by the time I got finished up at the stadium and got home and that. But I just checked, Charles. They actually had 1,073 yards in offense between the two teams. So it was over 1,000 yards. Jesus. Over 1,000 yards in offense. And just looking at some of the stats, it's actually kind of weird. Edmonton's top tackler was, where's his name here? Josh Woodman. He had four tackles. Their top, they had two guys with four tackles. And then and there's threes and twos and ones. I guess you call that a team defense, a team effort, because there's a whole ton of guys with tackles. But your best tackler has four, and you won the game. So this just shows that, really, Mike Riley, when he's on and he's going and he gets to go toe-to-toe with somebody, He's still the best quarterback in the CFL. You know, there's the argument of who's better, Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell. I was laughed at because I said Mike Riley. This was a thing on the Let's Talk CFL page. It was a little poll. Well, he just showed he can go toe-to-toe with the guy that's supposedly the best and beat him out. You can't say one defense played better than the other. At 48-42, neither defense played well. I haven't seen Calgary give up yards like that in the receiving in a long time to give up that many yards. I was really surprised. And, you know, like you said, it seemed like every time Edmonton would get a 10- or 12-point lead, Mitchell would just come out and, throw a touchdown or they get a running touchdown and just chip away at it. In the fourth quarter, I thought for sure Calgary was going to just chip away enough to come back and win, you know, because they did outscore them 14 to nothing. But it was just a little too much to overcome. And there was a a close-up shot of that last play. The ball landed on the receiver's crotch and sat there while he was on the ground, and it was kind of pinned in, in his legs. If that had been called a touchdown pass instead of an incomplete pass, I don't know if they could have overturned it on the video replay because it sat there long enough. It sat on him. It, they may have said it sat long enough. So It came down to really the call. Whether it was right or not doesn't matter because it wasn't I don't think they would have. I don't think they would have said he had control, though. It's hard to say. Hey, it's the CFL. It's hard to say. You never hey, do you remember that, that catch that Dressler made going into the end zone where it just kind of the threw the ball hand. on his head? <laughs> the Velcro? He was looking in the opposite direction. Yeah. That's, it, it would be hard to say if they could have overturned it either way. I really thought Calgary had come down with the ball because it, it looked like it at first. 
Um, no, it, like you said, though, it was a ton of fun to watch. I love a defensive football game, but then I also love games like this where it's just, okay, we're the two best teams in the CFL. Let's have fun. And they did. Those offenses were amazing. The one um, running play that was, I think, probably designed to get 5 to 10 yards and went for, I think it was 75. And there was three Edmonton defensive backs that were right beside him, running as fast as they could. And he walked away from them like they weren't even there. It was just fun to watch. That was CFL football. That's the first real CFL football game this year. That's about yeah, it. It, was, it was a shootout, man. Yeah, it was I mean, entertaining. If, if anybody watched that game in America, they would never, never go back to watching the NFL again. No, that was entertaining. That was foot, that's CFL Extremely. football. Extremely. Yeah, that's the CFL I've been waiting for all season. Go ahead. Going to leave it left. Will, what was your thoughts on this game? Did your well, did your you guys, controller you, make it through you, the night? If you guys really must know, um, <clears throat> I slept through most of the beginning of this podcast until until Charles just butchered Reggie Begleton's name. Okay, that woke me up. It's Reggie Begleton, just so you know, Charles. Belton or behind me or something like that. Anyway, hey, it's Reggie, okay. Begleton. Reggie Begleton. Anyways, he's uh, he's Kamar Jordan's replacement, basically, and uh, he's a good receiver. He's a different receiver, but he's a good receiver. As far as the last play of the game goes, you know what? He actually had he actually had it in his hands. He didn't squeeze it hard enough. Fell on his back, and then eight pairs of hands swiped it away. Um, and and I was curious about that call too, Mark. But uh, according, I saw interviews this morning, and Dave Dickinson said they reviewed it three or four times, uh, the officials, and they called it a no catch. So, and it was a no catch. Let's face it. Um, I hate games like that. I don't care if you guys think it's entertaining or not. I just hate games like that. My clicker made it through the whole game, uh, Christopher, because. I spent half the time. Patty took it away. away. No, I I I'd, I'd stop it and walk away for twenty minutes and then go back and then stop it and go. It just those games aggravate me to no end. I'm sorry. Um, Calgary. Not only did believe I have three interceptions. Calgary had seven turnovers. Okay, seven turnovers. No team should be that close at the end of the game with seven turnovers. No. Okay. Kidding. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you Calgary's good because I'm the first guy to say a win's a win's a win, and Edmonton gets full credit. Uh, they scored more points than Calgary did, and I think uh, somebody said to the defenses, "Why don't you take the night off and let these guys chuck the ball?" And that's what they did. And uh, you know, it was uh, it was an offensive uh, storm. That's for sure. Um, you know, it's it's really tough to play Edmonton back-to-back and win, and uh, Calgary did not. And if Calgary's defense plays like that in the next game, I think Hamilton's going to eat them, to be honest with you. 
And, uh, you know, I mean, I know Calgary's only lost twice this year, and you guys should think Will's happy about that. But I'm not happy about that at all. Because I, I, I think this is a good thing for Calgary. Because I think in the past two seasons, they haven't had any adversity at all during the season. And they're starting to get it earlier on this year. And so hopefully that builds character with new players. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. And I, I still uh, I still think Bo Levi Mitchell is a good quarterback, guys. Because, I mean, they Bo Levi Mitchell would like to pass on every play. And in that game, he more or less, once they got behind, he more or less got to pass on every play. And... Uh, he definitely but you've got to complete your passes. Well, you do, but... The uh, ratio is not good. Yeah, but uh, if you review the game, let's see how many drop passes they had, okay? So that's it's a 50% thing on the receiver and all on the on the quarterback, in my opinion. So yeah, he, he dropped. Tangle, I mean, he was incomplete like 22 times. I mean, that's not... You can't mm-hmm. blame 22 times on a receiver. <sighs> So say you blame half of them on a receiver. Okay. Okay. I mean, but it doesn't matter. They lost, and and good for it. They lost. Maybe it'll build character, and and they'll uh, play guys harder for the rest of the year. I mean, Maybe. what can you say about a game like that? I mean, I, I, they're nine and two. That's all I'm gonna say. They're nine and two. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping. Good record. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm hoping Charles that I get to meet all of those people at the Grey Cup this year as well. Because if yep. if uh, Calgary's in the Grey Cup, I'll be there. So perfect. Yeah. I mean, Edmonton absolutely dominated the time of possession. Yep. Like there's ten minutes. Ten minutes. That's that's more than two thirds of a quarter, of one quarter, was dominated by Edmonton. Like thirty five minutes they had the ball. That's that's amazing, right? They were up that by twenty yards at halftime, weren't they? I think twenty points at halftime or something like that. This was just I do believe. Well, it was thirty thirty-one to twenty-one. Oh, at halftime points. But at yep. one point in time, it was forty-eight twenty-eight. I do believe. Yeah. They so. stuck around. There were times where it looked like they were going to fall off, but. They stuck around. They just they wouldn't go away in this one. Yeah. Well, they scored 21 unanswered points, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the game. They just didn't keep going. Yep. So, yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it was a good game. I enjoyed it. I I, it I, I honestly didn't think Edmonton was going to win. Um, but, hey, they did. And, should they have? I mean, that that final play. Can you imagine if he came down with that? It, that that would have just devastated the Edmonton Eskimos. Just absolutely devastated, and and we would never hear the end of it from these arrogant Calgary fans, present company excluded, of course. But yeah, I don't know. And wasn't that long ago where I said I said that I honestly don't believe that it's possible for. Um, any team to beat Calgary out of first place in the West? I can't say that anymore. Honestly, can't. 
because, you know, Saskatchewan and Edmonton, who both are not playing all that great football right now, are only two games back. I don't know. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Highly unlikely, but possible. Okay. Final score. Calgary 48, Edmonton 42. I'm not Other hearing way around. from anybody. Is it Other way sorry, around. Sorry, Other Edmonton, way Edmonton won this one. Sorry, Edmonton 48, Calgary 42. Final score. Calgary. Nobody got Charles, a point. You picked Calgary. Will, you picked Calgary. Mark, you picked Calgary. Chris, you picked Calgary. Look, CJ picked Edmonton. And, and what was it? Oh, what was the final score? Two to one? Two to one. I was close. You know, guys, I, I think Christopher was thinking this was going to be a defensive battle right down to the end. <laughs> and he was wrong. I could have said fifty to forty nine, and that would have been really close. That would have been just as stupid. He was gonna. He was. He was looking for two rouges from Calgary, or two rouges from uh, Edmonton, Edmonton, and one from Calgary. That was it. Didn't that? So. But but you know, but I could have picked any ridiculous score. I could have picked fifty to forty nine, and you would have thought I was just as big an idiot as picking two to one. But I would have been how close? So close. So, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I got the star. CJ got another one. Charles got one. That means he's still ahead of me. Or am I ahead of him? No, you're one ahead of me. Okay, so that's it. Mark wins one. Chris wins one. Charles wins one. CJ wins one. Will, what happened to you? I just sucked this week, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. So anyhow, that's that's the end of the games. What are we? Fifteen minutes after nine o'clock already. Oh my god. Let's let's move on to some new segments. <coughs> and carry on. What are we gonna talk about here? Despite the fact he leads the CFL in all purpose yards. Hang on, that's the wrong one. That's the preview. That's last one the Wednesday. Last, that's last shows. Travis Lule, another BC Lions. Travis Lule was hit with a very questionable hit. No, it wasn't. It wasn't questionable at all. During Friday's game against Ottawa that was not penalized, does the league have to do more to protect the quarterback than what they're currently doing? Hang on here for a second here. This, the, the league needs to do more to protect the quarterback? No, they just have to implement and execute their own rules. This guy should have been ejected from the game for this. And yet, they why did the referees not do anything about it? Why did the I in the sky guy say, hey, guys, you dropped the ball here? Why can't they do something to do this? This was a, an absolutely brutal hit. And, yeah, maybe the other guy pulled Travis down, and the guy wasn't intending to hit Travis under the chin with the top of his helmet. But why did he put his head down and lead with his helmet anyhow? This is spearing. Even if he hit Travis in the gut, it still would have been spearing. You can't tolerate that kind of garbage. Why is he even doing it? And why did the league, why did the officials let him get away? It's just it's ridiculous. I I have no 
I don't think the league needs to do anything more to protect the quarterbacks. They need to implement the rules that they currently have. And that simply wasn't done here. You can't bubble wrap the goddamn guy. But they need to take people like this out of the game. And we've talked about this with K. Reese Bear. I don't know how many times. The only thing about Teresa Bear, he really doesn't do quarterbacks. He attacks everybody else. It's hard to bitch at him too much. So there. That's my rant on this one. Will, what is that not? Is that not a reviewable play? Yeah, it would have been roughing the passer. Oh, yeah, can you so challenge that? It would have that? been reviewable. He could have challenged yes, he it. Well, have. he could have challenged it. And, and how have. come he didn't? How come he didn't? I don't know why he That's didn't. That's my question. That's my question. So, I mean, uh, you know, and you can't always blame the officials because the game happens pretty fast. Okay? So, Derek, but, no, hang on, you know hang what? on. The head referee has to be watching the quarterback at all times during the play. And that's his job. Right at it. That's his job. Right that's at his it. job. I understand that. I know that. I, uh, you know, I don't if, know why if it, it was on the running back, maybe not. You know, if it was on a receiver, maybe not. But the quarterback, no excuse. Who was the ref? Do we know? It I don't was, remember uh, who it was. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember his name either. Was it? I, um, I don't know yeah. his name. He's not one of the normal, like Bradbury or. Andre Pru or, or the other guy. No, it was somebody else. I'm wondering if it's that new guy who has missed calls left, right, and center all season. I don't know if he's a rookie or if he's in the second year. I've never heard of the guy. And he's just horrible, so I'm wondering if it was him. It could be. Because you, you are right, Christopher. It's there's nothing more that the league itself can do to legislate more protecting the quarterback. The bloody refs have to call the game, and they have to call it right. You know, he, yes, he like I was looking, going, well, he is pulled down, but whether it's hitting him in the face, hitting him in the chest, or hitting him in the knee, that's a spear. Yep, it's a spear. Doesn't matter where he gets it. Exactly. And the fact that it the guys, was even worse. I'm sorry for anybody that's going to listen to this that likes the old time football, where guys just hit each other and the, it's snowflake or whatever they want to call it. You're going to kill somebody. This is not proper tackling. It's like we say with Hey Bear. Or what yourself. Lumen's <laughs> lucky that. He didn't get his head we lost straight Mark. back. He's lucky he didn't get whiplash bouncing his head off the turf. Like, he landed as good as you could land because he lands on his shoulder. If he goes straight in his back, his head is still bouncing. Yeah. And well, I think, I think he's lucky He's lucky he didn't get his jaw broke, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and Will's right, too. Why? Was Wally at the game? Was he talking to his wife and daughter in the stands? Why wouldn't they challenge that? Yeah, I was telling I was I was telling the TV to throw it. 
Especially when it's on the 20-yard line. You've got the ball now first and 10 on the five. Well, no, because it's half the distance to go. I was at the game, and I was literally staring transfixed on Wally Buono, waiting him for him to pull the flag. He actually, I believe, pulled it out of his pocket, but he never threw it. I don't know why. And this is something that the eye in the sky should be able to call down to the referee and call these plays. Because this is ridiculous. Oh, 100%. I don't know what the eye in the sky does besides have a neat name and sit there. And make you know, it, 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 it really, his, his mandate is to uh, wave off a penalty. It's not to call penalties. If a penalty has been called and it's incorrect, he is allowed to wave it off. But he is not allowed to call a penalty if he sees one. So I don't know if you remember, there was one of the games where the guy got called on a horse collar tackle, and he had the guy by the jersey right in the numbers. Right. Yeah, and he they, got called for the horse and collar, and he got, he got waved off. It got overturned by yeah. the eye in the sky. Okay? Maybe it's why the is eye it in the not, sky. Why do they not have the right to implement a penalty that is so dangerous yeah, as I this? See I don't care what team it was. Yeah, I can see not wanting the eye in the sky to start calling holding penalties or, you know, um, illegal contact downfield. But stuff like this needs to be called. Well, the ref should have called this. No excuse on the ref. None. And uh, I'm still, Wally, is, is his head in the game? To not throw the challenge flag on that? That's a good question. I'm wondering if his head's in the game or if it's already retired. Well, if he actually pulled the flag out, something happened or somebody said something to him to make him put it back in. Or did he think this game was going to be so close that he might need it further down that this wasn't worth it? That's what watching I'm, your that's watching the, your quarterback lying on the ground is generally yeah. like that is generally worth a challenge flag. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't change it. It doesn't stop him from. It doesn't make him better. Yeah. No. No. Like Ludley is from watching that hit. Ludley is lucky he did not slam his head into the ground. But he's lucky or, he didn't break his jaw. Yeah. Yeah. Anything could have happened on that. Yeah. Like, I'm almost at the point where I want Andre Prue to ref every single game, if he could. Uh, he's actually a good referee. He's become yeah. the best re- in the CFL, if you ask me. When he, no, nobody first, likes he was, him, but... He, well, he was hated when he first came. Yeah. He was terrible. But he's become the best ref. Yeah. And I like watching yeah. him because he gets so mad at the eye in the sky when they're talking to him as he's about to call the penalty. You ever see the facial expressions on that guy when they start calling him yeah. on the ears piece? Mm-hmm. It's just classic. Yeah. But no, this stuff's got to stop. Charles, you have anything to add? Well, uh, uh, it was a terrible hit. And the weird thing was on the very next play... There was another very questionable hit. I think it was Jeremiah Johnson carrying the ball on that play, and he got taken down on what looked like a, a headshot on the very next play, and it wasn't called. 
And I'm sorry, the, the CFL is calling these penalties where guys are brushing their um, jerseys on the side of a helmet by accident, and they're uh, getting penalties. But there's no excuse for a blatant headshot there to not be called. The the, the referee was looking right at it. I saw I saw a um, a um, uh, clip of it right after after it happened. The referee standing there staring right in that direction, and Lule's basically getting drilled right in the head. How that's not called with some of the other chintzy roughing the passing calls that have been called. There's no excuse for it, and it's got to be addressed. And that guy, if they don't suspend him, then that's the last time I'll ever believe that this league cares anything about uh, protecting quarterbacks because that was a blatant headshot. It was a cheap shot, and uh, you can't uh, just let that go. It's wrong. And people are going to lose their careers over this. People could get killed on hits like that. And enough's enough. If you're gonna if you're gonna want to protect uh, the quarterbacks and you want to be serious about it, then damn well punish players when they do something stupid like that. Yeah, that's no all doubt I about that one. Okay. I don't know. We're moving on. Okay, uh, a couple of things here. Uh, did you know that the BC Lions just traded Max Ford to the Red Blocks? I saw that just not that long ago. Yeah. Kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. For what? Sure why, um, but for who's really Max Ford? Who's Max Ford? Uh, he's a national um, fullback. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, defensive lineman. What am I talking about? You no, know, he's not a fullback. He's a defensive lineman. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not important. What are we doing now? Oh, Zach Calero. So, so this is Travis Lule is in concussion protocol. We'll see how that fares and uh, whether or not he bit off the end of his tongue because it was kind of bleeding pretty bad. Um. Zach Caleros left Saturday's game against Winnipeg with once again a concussion-like sim- symptoms. Is it time for him to re- reevaluate whether continuing his playing career is worth it? Well, we've all had this discussion about Ricky Ray, and he's trying to get back this season, which confuses me and concerns me. Uh, Zach Caleros. You would think that he would have gone to a um, something, something. It's just weird. The guy would go to a team that doesn't have an O line. Or you think that Chris Jones, knowing that Zach Caleros is not only gun shy and he's scared of everything else, um, you would build an O line. But no, Catchman doesn't have one. Zach Caleros gets another concussion. Will. Is it time for him to call it a career, or are we going to see him back? Um, you know what? He hasn't looked bad this year since he's come back, but he still hasn't looked great, and I, I that's probably a team thing, I would think. But, 
you know, I mean, I can't even remember the play, and I didn't. Yeah, I can't even remember the play. Did he get hit on that play or not? Did he get hit badly on that play? Uh, he took a bump. I, I don't think it was a huge hit. No, and once again, concussions are exponential, and the more you get, the easier they are to get. And you know what? There's so many guys who hung on and hung on. You know, Matt Dunnigan is one of them. Uh, Dave Dickinson's uh, another. Dave Dickinson is another. Uh, what's his name in Winnipeg, Mark? The quarterback. Buck Pierce? Buck Pierce. Okay, he's another one. I mean, these guys are football players. Okay? And they think they're superhuman. But, I mean, hey, you play football for 12 or 14 years. I mean, you want to have some kind of quality of life. So, um, I think if he gets concussions that easy, yeah, he should stop right now. Okay? He should call it a career and move on. Nobody said he's concussed. Well, he's in concussion protocol. Correct. That must mean something. That must mean something. And he didn't return to the game, so. That is is correct. No, he's not. Well, but, uh, he is allowed if he passes concussion protocol, they can put him back in. That's true. He is allowed if he passes concussion protocol. And obviously Which he didn't obviously pass. he did not. Right. And, uh, and I've heard you no know, status update on him. Nope. I haven't either. So if he's concussed, quit now. Okay? It hasn't been a stellar three years for you. Okay, get out with your life. Mm-hmm. Okay, you should talk to Buck Pierce. Right. Can you? Can you what? Can you actually talk to Buck Pierce? You can string a paragraph together. Oh. <laughs> Buck Pierce still has all his marbles. Hundred percent. He wouldn't be coaching. Yeah, but he's coaching the Bombers, and how well are they doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and he's coaching Matt Nichols. How well is he doing? Um, <laughs> whoops, did I say that out loud? No, Sorry. you know what, Pierce, you, you, he doesn't get released to the night. He doesn't talk in the media or anything, but when you see him at events and stuff, he's fine. Mm-hmm. So far, so far. Well, isn't that, Mark, Mark, isn't that Mike O'Shea's rule? His assistants don't get to talk to the media? Um, the odd time Lapalise talks. Yeah, the odd time. The odd time. That's otherwise, true, no. No, otherwise, no. O'Shea is the only one that speaks. We haven't even heard from Kyle Walters. It's just O'Shea. Well, I mean, is it any different in BC? Well, you, hear from Ed Hervey. you hear from Ed Hervey time every so often. Yeah. Yeah, not not very often, and you certainly do not hear from any of the assistants. Even Jeff Reinbold does not say anything, which he's usually very talkative. So I don't think that 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 is outside of the realm of importance. Okay, anybody else want to go on, Zach? Charles, you did this. Yes. Mark, Will's done. Will. Okay. Will, are you done? 
Yeah, said retire. Yep. Okay, segment seven. The BC Lions have signed your breakup MVP, Devoy Posey, or have they? Despite the reports on Friday that there has been no official confirmation of the team and the rumors that have been talking to his former team in Toronto, are we looking at a potential Ricky Foley situation, situation. again? Are we? He's agreed to sign. He's agreed to terms with the BC Lions, but he hasn't signed the paperwork yet. Stops by Toronto and signs with the Argos. Oh my God, Ricky Foley, you're such a dick. Oh, sorry, Posey. I don't know. Well, what's your thoughts? It's not on paper. Um, it's not signed and sealed. It's not a done deal. Well, no, and I never believe any of this stuff till they make an announcement. And BC hasn't made an announcement yet, so I don't believe does it. Does that mean he's? Does that mean he's still talking about money? Maybe he's going on a tour of the CFL like uh, Enoch Mwamba or Enoch Mwamba, and deciding on which team he wants to play for. I'd love to see him on Calgary right now, but Calgary doesn't do those kind of things. So, nope. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I would have assumed that he would have went to Toronto, but uh, apparently he's in BC, and BC can use uh, some receivers right now. So, I hope he does go to BC. It'll it, it would help BC a whole bunch if he went there, as far as their playoff push. I think so. Yeah. And I cannot believe that I'm actually talking about BC in a playoff push. So, well, why not? They're not that far out of. I mean, hey, they're only one game behind Winnipeg, and Winnipeg's in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I know. And Winnipeg has played two more games. Once again, the East sucks as par usual. So, that's just par for the course, though. We yep. all expect that year in and year yep. out. Yep. Good. Mark, go ahead. Um, you know, I guess you could say it's more of the Foley thing. But that's why teams don't make an announcement until it's signed, sealed, and delivered to the CFL office. Um, I was reading some of the comments on Twitter, and it was actually quite entertaining. Some of the Lions Lions fans' comments about, if he doesn't want to be here, we don't want him anyway. Bullshit. You you want to feel pussy badly. (laughs) It, It does start to smell a little bit like Ricky Foley, but... He hasn't signed with Toronto yet. That's actually a good sign. Yeah, well, he hasn't signed with anybody, officially or even unofficially. Yeah, usually you get the word out that he signed, and then two days later the CFL puts out the statement that he has been signed because the paperwork's been delivered. More than likely what he's doing is he's gone to BC and said, you know what, I'll come to you, but let me give give me a couple of days, and he's gone to Hamilton and said, "So BC said they're going to sign me for Toronto, one hundred thousand dollars. Well, whichever team, Hamilton or Toronto, it could be. They're saying it's one or the other, or maybe both. 
that I've talked to him. So let's say it's Hamilton. He goes to Hamilton and he says, BC is signing me for 100000 bucks and a new car. And what are you going to give me? And Hamilton says, we'll give you $100,000, a new car, and an apartment. Okay, let me get back to you. He goes to Toronto and says, this is what's going on. Okay, we'll give you $110,000, a new car, and a house. It's a CFL. He's going to take the $100,000, the new car, and the house. And that's mm-hmm. what they do. That's basically what Foley did, and he got destroyed over it by the BC Lions fans. With the small salaries, they're looking for every edge they can get. And that's probably what it is. He's just negotiating with three teams or two teams or whatever. But with the way social media is now, there's a small comment. Oh, yeah, he signed. He Yeah, he's on his way. Let's get this out there, especially well, this, three down at times. Yeah. Well, this was actually broken up on Friday by Dave Naylor. He was the one that first yeah. reported this. Then and Three then, Down Nation latched onto it right afterwards. Yeah. You know, I do trust Naylor, but at the same time, until I see something, if I see something on social media from the player or from the, the team. team leaks it or the team leaks it out, whatever, until I see that, he could be negotiating with all nine teams. We don't know. Yeah. You know, he could be. We don't know. So, I love all the rumors. It's just a rumor right now until you see something a little bit closer to official. It's really funny, too, yeah. because I saw this reported on by Dave Naylor on Friday, and then I kept looking to see if there was any sort of confirmation from any other sources. Like, I know Three Down Nation... Uh, started reporting it, but I don't consider them any sort of major source. Sorry, media. guys. Uh, media source. But not just that. I was looking to see if there was some sort of an announcement coming out of the Lions. Nothing. I thought, well, you know what? It's a game day. Maybe they're going to wait for the game to get through and then announce it tomorrow. Saturday, nothing. Sunday, nothing. And I'm starting to think here, mm, something's not right. Because... Quite frankly, this is really beginning to look like Ricky Foley. Some people say, oh, no, it's not Ricky Foley. Don't forget, when Ricky Foley signed with the Lions, or was signed with the Argos, he said he was going to be with the Lions. He went on a TSN 1040 in Vancouver and did an interview saying how excited he was to be coming back to the Lions and to sign a new contract. Two hours after that interview, he signs with Toronto. So until I get confirmation from like the CFL.ca or from the Lions or even from Devere Bohosi on Twitter himself, I'm not buying into anything. Because right now, until there's an official announcement from some official source, it's all rumor. It is not a solid fact. <laughs> No, it's not. It can't be. Anything I mean, it well. was actually it oh, was sorry. reported on CFL.ca, but it started by saying report. Anytime you see report in front of a headline, it's not official. They're just telling you what the report said. 
for sure. Good call. Okay. What do you got, Will? Did we lose him? What do I got on what? I was talking about Posey. Yeah, he did. We're talk, talking about Posey here. Yeah, he already talked about him. Did he? Well, why don't you tell me that before he has to go and unmute his mic and carry on? Okay, I'll let you I go first like on that. this one, Will. Yeah, since you're you're back on side here, uh, with the loss on Friday to the Ottawa Red Blacks, continue their inconsistent play. What position needs the most upgrading to help Ottawa with their consistency? Quarterback. I think quarterback. I think Trevor. Quarterback. I think Trevor Harris isn't what we thought he was. Because he's playing horribly, and Dominique Davis ain't what ain't ain't the solution. Ottawa's screwed, but they're not screwed because they're in the East, so they're going to make the playoffs. And uh, Trevor Harris has looked he's looked horrible the last three weeks. They've lost, I think they've lost two in a row or three in a row, haven't they? Worse than and, that, Nickel. Uh, well. Neither one of them are winning, so I guess so. I mean, when you're not winning football games, what's the first position you think about to replace? Quarterback. Head coach. Mm-hmm. Pretty well, simple. Yeah. Quarterback. And uh, Trevor Harris ain't getting it done. Um, Dominique Davis ain't going to get it done. So, I don't know. who. who I don't know. Who's their third-string quarterback? Uh, Ottawa is on a on a two game losing streak now. Their last victory right. was forty four twenty one over Winnipeg. Right. So I guess Matt and Nichols. Then they went on a bye. Everybody beats Winnipeg. Everybody Especially beats right Winnipeg. Now. Even BC beat Winnipeg. <laughs> yep. Oh, Mark, I thought that was going to change this year. I'm so disappointed. Anyways, but, yeah, I think it's quarterback in, in – I mean, you think about it. Look at Ottawa. Look at Ottawa. They got great receivers. They got a great running back. Their defense – they got a great defensive coordinator. Yep. I think the problem is that quarterback. Pretty simple. And Trevor Harris, you ain't getting it done, so – Well, they I haven't mean, really done anything until since Henry Burris retired, have they? That is correct. Nope. He's had some outstanding games. And you remember back the last year Henry Burris played because Henry Burris got injured and Trevor Harris was playing lights out. Yeah, until he got hurt. And then and then he got hurt. And He's never so, been the same yeah, since. No, I, I, I think quarterback or, as you just mentioned, head coach. I don't think Rick Campbell's that great of a head coach. Nope. Yeah, so, he's not. You know, do you know why he's not? Because he's still got Trevor Harris behind center. Well, sure. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's a team game, and it's too bad individuals get pointed out for team games. But Trevor Harris, just like Matt Nichols, has not looked good, and they have better teams than the quarterback is showing, in my opinion. So. You you got to do something to shake up quarterbacks. 
Yeah. And we know, know about how quarterbacks are you know how we know how quarterbacks are defined. Look at Montreal has taken them fourteen quarterbacks to find a decent one. Okay. Did they so, find a decent one? Well, Anthony Pipkin or whatever his name is is Antonio he's won Pipkin, three yeah. he's, won, he's he's won three games. That's the best quarterback they've had in five years. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean and he does look good. So he hasn't won I'm three thinking, games, he's won two. Yeah, he's right, he's only won two. Okay, he should have won three in my opinion. Um which one? The one against still, Calgary? Uh he wasn't in against Calgary. No, he wasn't. I don't even think he was on the roster then. No, I don't even think so either. So hey, he bet Edmonton doubled them up or beat them forty to twenty four as their last loss, and then Ottawa beat them twenty four seventeen. Hamilton beat them fifty to eleven. Uh huh. Not with Pipkin there. So yeah. And once again, he's only twenty three years old. We need fresh blood at quarterback in the CFL. That's yes, going to be a problem in. T- that is going to be a problem in two or three years. A big problem. What's the problem so, now? It's a problem now in Toronto. Ricky Ray should be retired. What do they got happening? Montreal doesn't have a quarterback. Eh, Hamilton, eh, I'll, I'll give him a pass. Winnipeg, eh. Ottawa, eh. Saskatchewan, eh. There's no quarterbacks out there. There you go. Let's face it, Travis Lulee shouldn't be playing much more. Probably. Too many, too many injuries to this boy, and 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 who's he got in the background? Jonathan Jennings. You know, do I think that they, having sit on the bench for a year is going to do this kid some good? Maybe. Let him mature. Let him watch the game. Let him learn the game. Instead of throwing him in and by death by fire. He looked. He looked bad. Serviceable. Okay, Mark, what's going on? What's your thoughts here on Ottawa? What what do they need? What what positions do they need to improve? I think you guys should know by now my feelings towards Trevor Harris. I have never liked him. I didn't like him in Toronto. Yeah, he throws for 4,000, 5,000 yards every year. Between the 20s. Between the 20s if not the 30s, and he's never really had playoff success. He's been on teams with great cup. Like, he's got great cup rings. He's got two, doesn't he? Didn't he get one with Toronto or just the one with Ottawa? Just Ottawa, I think. He just Ottawa? I don't think he, yeah. Okay. But, okay, so he's got his great cup ring, but he sat on the end of the bench. He was supposed to start, remember, and then they pulled the the switch and put in Burris. But there's a reason they put in Burris, as banged up and injured as he was. Harris is not your go-to guy for success in the playoffs. And he, to me, he proves it year in and year out. I think Rick Campbell is close to being fired. He, he doesn't to inspire anything in that team. They have the two two of the best receivers in the CFL. 
they've got the number one, number two running back statistically in the CFL. They've got the best offensive coordinator. We all agree in the CFL, or sorry, defensive defensive coordinator in the CFL, and they're still okay. Yeah, they beat the shit out of Winnipeg, but that's not any kind of big mean feat. It. They're not a good team, and it starts with the quarterback. He is just too hit and miss. He'll lead you a drive that's 105 yards, and they'll get a touchdown. And then he'll lead you on five more drives that they get 300 yards in offense from, and they get two field goals. He just isn't consistent enough. And it's not like he hasn't had time to grow into the game. He's played everywhere he's been because he's come in for injured quarterbacks, and he's gotten tons of game experience. This is his second year as the man. And I see Ottawa sliding backwards. I don't see them moving forward. So I think think Rick Campbell is owed because he is a great cup-winning coach. He's owed some time to try to get them out of this. But I think it's time to move on to a different quarterback, but who do you move on to with any experience? Unless I, I did see... Um, well, I did see a comment today that there could you could make a trade. Matt Nichols for Trevor Harris. Oh. It would be interesting. Yeah, exactly. It, it's trading oh. one for the other. It's trading one but, for the other. You know what? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes a change in uh, a change in scenery can do well for a player. Yep. Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's at least uh, possible. Maybe the yeah. fresh start in both for both guys could be beneficial. Reality. I'm, I'm not going to start a rumor here or anything about it, but reality. That's the if you want to get something back value-wise for not from Winnipeg, from Ottawa. It's really the only trade you can make. What are they going to do? Trade their number one quarterback for five draft picks and a backup receiver or something? Because Dominic Davis isn't taking him anywhere. We know that. No. So you have to start at the quarterback, but it's just what else is out there? Do they trade for Johnny Manziel? <laughs> maybe, we, maybe we can get Manziel into all eight uniforms before he goes to the, the, the state. He could, he could just change play for a different team each week. Yeah. it's. I don't know what they can do by dumping Trevor Harris because really, like Will said, there's not a lot out there quarterback-wise. No. I was, this, this league is at the worst right now for quarterbacks that I've seen them in a very long time. I was talking to a friend of mine at work tonight, and we were actually talking about the quarterbacks in the CFL now. And you think back to the the 90s when you had Flutie and you had Dunnigan, and you can just the list can just go on and on and on. McManus, all these amazing quarterbacks in the league at the same time. And now it's just you've got Mike Riley. You've got Bo Levi Mitchell. 
Ricky Ray. Don't forget uh, him. Uh, I'm trying to put him in, but right now he's so up in the air about coming back, and he's not playing. Mm-hmm. So playing in the CFL right now, you've got Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell, Jeremiah Masoli, maybe, but absolutely. That, you know, it, yeah, you put yeah. all of them into the one pile. You got two guys. Well, you, you can't. You can't even add Masoli to that top three. No, there is no third. So really, yeah, they have to stay with with him, with Harris. So does that mean that it is Rick Campbell that you get rid of? And maybe it'll light a fire with somebody new? It, it really is a tough call. Because if you're trading your number one quarterback, you have to get value for him. You can't always pull off the uh, Ricky Ray trade that Edmonton made. No, that that wasn't. Never mind. I know, I know, I know. I just I I bring that up for the people who don't believe in conspiracy theories. <laughs> it's not a theory. I know it's not, but really, who do you trade up for? Who who? What do you get back for your number one quarterback? That's in the CFL right now. A trade like that doesn't has never happened mid season. No, it's no. always the end of the season. End of the season on the off season. It's not going to happen yeah. during the, because it's too disruptive. Even if you're bringing in another good quarterback, it's still too disruptive because you've got a quarterback that has what just no happened idea to how to play in your system. Hmm? Right. Charles, hello, is there. yeah, there, hello. Charles. Yes, I'm speaking. Can you I hear me, hear Christopher? Can you oh. hear us? I can hear you now, but I didn't. Can you hear me? Charles went away to me. Oh, yes, we can, Charles. You can hear me. Okay. No, because the problem is you bring in a quarterback who has no idea how to play, uh, hasn't played in your system. You're bringing him in cold. He's got no timing with your receivers, no timing. You can't no. do it that way. It doesn't work. That's the problem. If you, especially a quarterback, a receiver, or a running back, that's one thing. The quarterback's got to run your team, your offense on the field. And you can't bring we, in some guy it, out of nowhere. I think we're all being yeah. very facetious when we're saying that. And, and uh, Mark yeah. is completely off base with this trade, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just saying that somebody mentioned it. Mm-hmm. It was just something to think of. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I wouldn't think very hard on it. Okay. No. Let, let's move on to the next one, be, just because we got love, about five minutes left in the show. And uh, after the injury to Jalen Sanders, the Hamilton Tiger Cats have signed uh, former Sam Peter Mark Ray Daniels. Does he still have enough in the tank to be effective for Hamilton? Of course. Why not? He's a pretty amazing court, uh, receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Will, you're the one that knows him the most, the best. Mark A. McDaniel. Well. Yeah, I think Mark Quay would be good in Hamilton. I think he would have been good in Calgary this year. I think that's one of the things they might be missing, but I don't think he has the skill set for Calgary's team anymore because Calgary's got some great receivers. But, sure, I mean, he's a leader most of the time. And I'm surprised he hasn't gotten picked up by another team this year. So... 
I'd say absolutely make a difference. We'll see. We'll see. Well, why not? Not really. They've signed him, so why not? Why not? Yeah. You can't dance, can't sing, or you've got to chase butterflies, so you might as well do something. There you go. Mark! <laughs> I think it's a great move to sign him. I was really hoping the Bombers would. You know, the Bombers desperately need help at receiver, and this guy was out there. It's like, come on. But, no, I think it leads a veteran presence in the locker room and on the field. You know, he doesn't have the wheels anymore to get you 100, 120 yards in receiving. But he's always been the guy that you need eight yards. He gets you eight yards and a couple of inches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Hamilton has their big play receiver. They need the steady influence, the guy that can take some pressure off. And McDaniel will be perfect for that. He doesn't need to be the guy. You know, they've already got Brandon Banks to be the guy. So he just needs to go in and catch footballs, and we all know he can do that. So that's it. Go ahead so we can move it quick. Charles, over to you, buddy. Uh, I know we're short on time. Um, I think he can still be a good possession receiver. He's not a speedster, I don't think, anymore at his age. I'm just kind of surprised that he wasn't – that it took this long for someone to sign him. I still thought he was a talented enough um, quarterback that someone would have had him by now, but it just didn't work out that way. Uh, receiver, excuse me. I'm still back on the quarterback. But I think he's a talented enough receiver that he – I thought he would have been snatched up by now, but obviously there wasn't a space for him. But uh, now apparently Hamilton has one. And this is why I think that if Posey's talking to anybody, he's probably talking to uh, – to um, Toronto because I don't think they would bring both of them in. So that's all I got on this. Okay. Yeah, no, it's kind of an interesting concept on it, and I'm glad that he found a place to go because I think he's still got some uh, – he's a talented receiver, and I think he's still got something to offer. It, it, is it going to be – he's not going to go in there and be the number one guy in Hamilton, okay? But he's going to be in there, and he's a good clutch receiver. You know he's you throw him the ball. He's going to take the ball. He's a great second-down converter. Um, he's just he's a good receiver. I like him. I was kind of hoping BC had picked him up, but uh, I'll take Posey instead. I think we all will. Okay. Just so, get him here. Oh, yeah. This is, I, I don't have the um, – I'm not the host, so I'm not getting the blog talk bitch to tell me to end up my show. Okay, I'm going to do this right now. Let's talk CFL podcast episode number 279 is in the, the books. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and uh, sorry about all the technical difficulties early on in the show, and uh, we did overcome them eventually. Um, just want to say good night to everybody, and you guys take care. Uh, Charles, go ahead. Good night, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Wednesday and preview the upcoming week. Mark. Good night, hey, everybody. Talk, yeah, good night, everybody. Talk to you next week. And Bombers aren't going to lose next week. Hang on. Playing. You guys are on a bye. They're not going to lose. Exactly. That's why I said but that. But it's not next week. It's this week. It's this week now. Okay? This week. Will, say good night to the folks. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you on Wednesday for sure. For sure. 
it's football. It's football season, guys. You take care. Enjoy yourself and uh, be safe out there. Cheers.